What? Still mad at Waverly? How could I be mad at someone with all that style? It's a shame I wasn't born that way. So it's me you're mad at? No. I'm just sorry that you got stuck with such a loser that I've always been so disappointing. What you mean disappoint? Piano? Everything. My grades, my job, not getting married, everything you expected of me. Not expect anything. Never expect. Only hope. Only hoping best for you. It's not wrong to hope, no? Well, it hurts. Because every time you hope for something I couldn't deliver, it hurt. It hurt me, Mommy. And no matter what you hope for, I'll never be more than what I am. And you never see that. What I really am. Uh-huh. June, since your baby time, I wear this next to my heart. Passes June a necklace. Now, you wear it next to yours. It will help you know. I see you. I see you. That bad crab, only you try to take it. Everybody else want best quality. You, you thinking different. Waverly took best quality crab. You took worst. Because you have best quality heart. You have style no one can teach. Must be born this way. I see you. Listen, if it's not best quality, she doesn't want that crab. It's Elizabeth Gomez. (laughs) Nothing would make her happier than having dysentery and leaving her kid under their tree. It's Adrian Gunn. Oh, God, that's so true. And this is Wokefield, where two middle-aged comedians realize all their problems started with being young folks whose only real friends were fictional. This season on Wokefield, we have pivoted to formative films from our youth, and we talk about how it completely messed up our ideas of love, friendship, family, and basically what it means to be a woman in America. Today, we're talking about Joy Luck Club, a movie about immigration, shitty relationships, and throwing away your children for better ones in America. Our guest today is Dennis Lee, a Korean-American food journalist and an occasional pizza maker based in Chicago. Currently, he's a staff writer for The Takeout, has won a Sever Award for his blog, The Pizzle. Sever? Sever. Look, we looked it up and we wrote down like the phonetic spelling and still we're not sure. <laughs> still, like, we're just like not French. Listen, Ooh. we are not French. <laughs> Anyways, The Pizzle, oh sorry, The Pizzle and his current labor of love is a weekly newsletter called Food is Stupid. He's here to help us answer the question, why is it so hard for white folks to understand that not all Asians are from China? Yeah, but aren't most of them? <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. We, I just have to say, we just discussed perhaps we need a trigger warning here. And, you know, it's possible. There are some minefields, and we're going to try to keep it together. Yeah, I mean, super excited. Joy Luck Club was a very formative film for me. Yeah. Even though I wasn't quite little, I think I probably was about 19 or 18 when it mm-hmm. came out, 1993. Um, and for you listeners, one of the things that we're going to have to, you're going to have to follow along with us. This is a very difficult story to watch, and it's very hard to recap in terms of doing it not with any kind of visual, right? Well, yeah. So listen, here's all you need to know. There are four mothers and there are four daughters. Everybody has a storyline. So now we're talking about eight storylines. And then there's even like a couple grandmothers and extended family that have storylines. So what we're going to try to do is hit upon the most outrageous ones. And like maybe you'll learn the characters' names. Maybe you won't. It doesn't really matter. You should read the book probably. The book is great. The book is great. And read that the book. book is uh, by Amy Tan. So make yeah. sure to read that. Uh, watch the movie. Let's yeah. get into it. Let's yeah, just yeah. get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first of all, the first couple or the first pair we're going to talk about is Lindo and Waverly. Yes. Lindo is an auntie. Waverly is uh, one of the daughters that's that's being talked about throughout the film. And the film opens at a farewell party where we get introduced to all these people. Lindo, you know, the movie moves back in and out of time, and it's really hard to keep up with it. But one of the things that you should know about Lindo and Waverly is Lindo, when she was a young woman in China, um, was given away by her mother. There's a lot of giving away of children in this film. The whole movie is like being a mother sucks in China or America, no matter what, it fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and the only good resolution is to give away your children. Yeah, I mean, that's really, or kill yourself. Yeah. Those are the options. Suicide or like just get these children the fuck away from yeah, you. I need the kids away. So yes. Lindo is, uh, she's being raised in China by her mother and her mother's like, yeah, I'm going to give away this kid. I'll give her away to this matchmaker. 
matchmaker. And um, Lindo is like hoping that she's going to marry some guy who's not too old. But what happens is she ends up marrying a guy who's 10 years old. (laughs) And he's a piece of shit. Like most men. And so they uh, get married. And she comes up with this whole thing where she got out of her marriage then moves to America. So once yes. she gets to America, she has another child. And this child is named Waverly. And Waverly is a young girl who is great at chess. Yes. Great chess player. And um, as she's playing chess, her mother's very proud of her. And at some point, she tells her mom, stop telling everyone that I'm a great chess player, which I think is kind of a mistake. Being a person with an Asian mother who never says anything nice about me, I would die. <laughs> I would die to have my mom walking around being like, please, just tell everyone I'm even your daughter. You well, she's also, that. she's walking around with a Life magazine that yes. Waverly is on the fucking cover of. And she's stopping people in the street, presumably in Chinatown. And she's like, look at this. And then Waverly like throws a fit. Like, oh my God, it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Yes. Yes. And then um, Lindo has it. She's like, you know what, Waverly? You don't want me to be proud of you about this chess playing. And then Waverly in her rebel, uh, rebelness, her, her trying to be like a way to attack her mother, was like, I'm going to quit playing chess. And then <laughs> Lindo's like, fuck off. Great. Do it. Do it. And you know what I'm going to say? This might be my favorite movie of the film because it's like, this is how I feel about my kid right now. I'm right. just like, bro, do it. You know, let's just, see what happens. Like, roll the dice. I mean, the only person you're hurting is yourself, <laughs> yeah, right? Do it. So Lindo's like, all right, Waverly, quit playing chess. I'm just going to sit here and eat some more crab. And then um, Waverly decides that she's going to try to win back her mother's favor. And in order to do that, she's like, I'm going to go play chess. And Linda's like, who gives a shit? I don't care anymore. Yeah, well, and also I think that Waverly's like, wait, it kind of sucks to have no one care that I'm special anymore. Yes. Yeah. And then um, and then she realizes she's not that special anymore. <laughs> It's tough. So then Waverly then uh, goes back to play chess. She, when she's playing chess, she's not doing really well. But what she really realizes is that it was what she really wants is her mother's approval again. Yeah. And that's like never happening. So she decides that she's going to, at some point she gets married, has a kid, and then uh, decides that she's going to get a divorce. And then she ends up marrying a white man mm-hmm. who we will talk about later because he is a bumbling idiot and I don't understand her love for him and I don't understand how she um, thought that that was a good choice for her Chinese mom yeah (laughs) here's here's this bumbling idiot white dude that I'm bringing over to dinner wow I mean you know there's a lot of white dudes we'll get into them later once we talk with Dennis because I'm sure he has opinions about that but then we have Maybe one of the most amazing mothers is Ying Ying. She's one of the aunties back in China. She marries this like Chinese stud who at like some point slices open a watermelon, puts his entire hand in it and pulls out the pulp and shows it to her in some sort of mating ritual we don't totally understand. (laughs) Yeah, because he licks it. He takes it and like drips out of his mouth. This bitch is wet. She's like, let's get married right now. I mean, it is the most aggressive. I'm sure Dennis also has feelings about this as a food writer. Right. Because it was like, what is happening? Like, what yeah, is happening? I mean, I kept rewinding it because yeah. I was like, this is really very, very sexy in some weird way. I didn't think it was sexy, but she did. So they get married and he like fucks her in the reception hall. Like, he is wild. And then she's shocked when like, he's wild. That's <laughs> <laughs> because yes, he starts having these affairs with people. Yes. Yes. And he's she's like, oh my God, I could never imagine this from this guy who eats all these watermelons. Yes. And so um, then Ying uh, Ying is uh they have a baby together it's a boy thank god yes she gives him a son (laughs) and um more importantly you know in order to save any marriage you should have a child that is always the formula yes and we've discussed that before yes so um ying ying is holding this baby and she drowns him (laughs) well yes after her husband comes home with his new hooker and like gives the baby to the hooker to hold she's like you know what i can't i'm gonna hurt him and so she drowns her fucking baby and then goes to america to have another (laughs) correct but a care, but sometimes, sometimes the grief over what has happened sends her into a catatonic state, and her daughter Lena has to come and deal with her. Yes, and you know we don't really know much about Lena and Ying Ying's relationship yeah. as Lena's growing up, as we do with the other par- with yeah. the other characters. But um, Lena's basically like, yeah, I took care of my mom because every now and then she would remember she drowned a baby, and like we go into this like weird state. It's it's a wild. wild. Now, just remind me: is Lena the one whose husband is like doing a tally of what everybody owes on the groceries, and they're going to fight about who's paying for ice cream? Yes, yes. And that's the thing that that's the big moral of their story. So Ying Ying shows up at Lena's house, and um, she notices how terrible Lena's marriage is. It's not a bad marriage. It's not a good marriage. It's just a marriage that probably nobody really wants for her. 
And because of this experience of this like adulterous husband and drowning yeah. babies, she she turns to her daughter and is like, you know what? In this marriage, maybe you should ask for what you want. Yeah, which is to like not pay for the ice cream. I don't know. I think that this storyline falls apart pretty quickly. Like, how did she get out of China? Like, how did no one persecute her for drowning the baby? Like, why, you know, there's a lot of questions. I say we move on. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> our next couple is our next pair is um, Anne May. On May. On May. On May. I love On May. I really love this storyline. Yes. yes. So An May is in China and she's a young girl and she's watching her mother leave the household because her family her, her father's died. Her so her mother is now a widow. And her parents have heard that the mother has slept with someone and yes. is like, oh, get out of our house. You're a slut. You're, You're a fucking whore. whore. Oh, gross, gross, fucking gross. She, they, she gets tossed out and May's raised by her grandparents. Yes. And then the grandmother starts to die. Yes. And this is one of my favorite scenes. Okay, so May returns from, she's she's like a whore. She's out. She, you know, she's a concubine. Yeah. But she returns to say goodbye to her mother. And what does she do? She cuts her arm and bleeds into a bowl to make a blood soup for her mom. Yes. Which is only thing that can raise her mother from the, and her mother's old as shit like perhaps we should just let her go and she was a bitch but right. I'm also like I don't know about this whole theory because I'm just like where what we don't know what the mom has she, you're right she's old as shit and now this girl is like cutting open her arm bleeding into a bowl feeding it to her mom um, I actually think in the book she cuts out a piece of her meat, like the actual the flesh, meat, the flesh. right? Um, which you know, again, I think uh, probably Dennis- a better tasting soup. We can ask Dennis. <laughs> you know, well, if they make a stock. I mean, is like very thin, so I'm not sure. You know? It's true, very beautiful. So then she um, ends up, or her mother ends up leaving and taking Anne with her. Am I saying that on me? It's on me. So okay, me. her mother basically, it, not the dying mother. The other mother who has come who has home, no who is name. a concubine. Yes, so she's a concubine. She's like, I'm going to take Anmei back with me to the concubine house. So she goes there. There's like a dude. He's got a bunch of wives. He has some children. Her mother is one of the wives. And then Anmei's living in this house. And she's like, this seems a little fucked up that my mom's like the fourth wife. But, you know, it's cool. And then there's a little boy that's running around the house yes. that everyone adores and loves. Because, you know, men are more important than always. women. At, always. 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 So eventually she finds out that the her mother the unnamed concubine has had a baby it's the little boy but the first wife has taken him away to raise as her own because there's this whole hierarchy the mother is so ashamed that then she kills herself and leaves on may in the fucking concubine house alone correct so on may is like oh my god my mom is dead <laughs> now i live in this house with all these concubines but she had known the whole story which is the truth is is that her mother had been raped by Wu Sing, the father of the household. And she turns to Wu Sing and is like, I curse you. My mother curses you. And she's going to haunt your house and your household forever. And Wu Sing's like, ghost? Yes, there's a lot of that. (laughs) He's just like too freaked out about ghosts. Yes. Elevates the children yes. to being his first wife, his or sorry, Anne May's mom, Anne May's mom, to be the first wife, and therefore the kids are raised like symbolically. Yeah, and the kids are raised to be like a better life. Listen, the whole point is that Anne May leaves and goes to America and has a, her daughter. What's her daughter's name? Rose. Rose. Okay, so Rose then is going to marry Andrew fucking McCarthy, yes. who is just like <laughs> the epitome of white men doing the very least. Yeah, and then, <laughs> like, of course he's like this white dude who's like very rich she's going to some great Obviously. college he takes her to a hoity-toity rich person's party yes. and she's the only asian there the only person of color it's the only kind of real racist moment that we experience yes and so andrew mccarthy's mom comes up to her to rose and she's like you know what rose you're asian so my husband my son's life is going to be ruined by your face basically <laughs> and so i guess that's the moment we should understand that rose is like oh i can never have an opinion again yeah and my whole life must be around andrew mccarthy and so like all her decision making is like what do you want do you want lamb chops do you want tomato roasted chicken should i order in and she's just like so indecisive that eventually and like oh my oh, god i can't and so he's like he's gonna divorce her because she did not have enough personality. And I was like, this is the most fake shit I've ever seen in my life. What man have you ever met that has a woman who's like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And he's like, you know what? I want you to be you. No. Yeah, no, no. never happens. But anyway, they get back together when she gets a personality. Yeah, well, because she decided to make orange chicken, or she decided to make chicken instead of lamb chops, yes. and therefore he had an affair. Yes. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> yeah, that's that's yes. how it works. If yes. you don't pick the right decision for your husband's dinner... 
yeah. then he has the right to go around fucking around with other women yeah, all the I time. I mean, <laughs> let's move on. Yes. Okay, so then our final pair. We have our main girl, June, who's really fond of turtlenecks. She she spends most of the movie in a brown turtleneck with brown pants. And looking out to the camera while dramatic yeah. flutes play in the background. Yes. So her mother is dead. And so everybody has gathered to send June away to China where she is going to go meet up with her mother's children that she has left in China while she had dysentery. She left her children under a tree. She left her children under a tree because she thought she was going to die. And yeah. she was like, I can't like die with these babies in my arms. And then they have a dead mother because then the everyone will think that these are bad luck babies. I, You know, honestly, the logic made sense. She was like, <laughs> I cannot die next to the babies because everyone will decide that these babies are bad luck and no one will take them. So I'll leave them here with all my, my jewels and I'll go die somewhere else. Yeah. And then we learn nothing about June at all. No. They decided to just drop her storyline because they're like who cares about june but um that's june's entire theme right. you know she's not getting the best crab right <laughs> worst quality crab for june and then uh june ends up uh basically finding out that her aunt lindo and all the other aunties had written to the chinese twins and that they think that the mother is alive so now june has this big moment where she gets to go to china meet the twins and then deliver that their mother's dead yes but she's there in, in as tribute you know what? Did you follow any of this? No, you didn't. It doesn't matter. You followed the themes, which are abandoning your children, yes. being a mother sucks, men, ooh, <laughs> not great, like food. Yes, food. There's yeah. lots and lots of food in this, which is why I think, Dennis Lee, welcome to the show. Yes, we're so, so excited to have you here. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. So I would like to start with, um, well, what were your thoughts initially when you started watching the movie? Uh, so... <laughs> When it when it came out, what I was probably it was nineteen ninety three, yeah. right? So what would I have been? Twelve. I was thirteen. So we're about the same yes. age. But um, for you didn't see a lot of Asian people um, in movies, especially like a whole movie about Asian people. Yeah, and a cast that was mostly Asian. Yeah, yeah, no, there's no kung fu in this movie. Everybody like that's yeah. fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh wait, can I swear? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you'd think there was a there would be at like at least one kung fu scene. <laughs> oh you my would, god! Especially when they go back to China, yeah. there was a lot of opportunities. <laughs> I would have loved to see Lindo go at Waverly that way. Oh, like that's yes. the way she chooses to discipline yes. her. Um, talk to us a little bit about so we uh, just for our listeners to know, uh, Dennis is Korean American. I'm Korean and Puerto Rican. Adrian's just white. Oh, <laughs> I'm Scottish. <laughs> Adrian's just Andrew McCarthy lineage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I deeply identify with Andrew McCarthy in this film. <laughs> As the boring white guy. Exactly. But rich? Yes. Are you rich? No. <laughs> well, and one thing that we can be very clear about is Koreans are not Chinese. Like, we all get we're that. We're not. We're not. And um, so we're not going to try to like gloss over that. We want to acknowledge that. But I want to ask you, Dennis, especially as, a, as an Asian American, and I feel mm -hmm. like every time I meet anybody who's Asian, we kind of have the same background story, even yeah, though we're all sure. from different places. Mm -hmm. What are your family secrets? Uh, <laughs> you know, what's crazy is we probably have some, but nobody ever talks about them. We never talk about anything. Yes. Yeah. I don't know anything about my family's background. All I know, we have a family tree at home and we've found out that like my, my family goes back centuries and that my first recorded ancestor is some kind of Chinese diplomat. But other than oh, really? that, yeah. So you are kind of Chinese. I, I must be somewhere. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But that's the thing is like we never talked about any of that stuff. So if we have secrets, they're, are, they're really buried. And the, the, the ones we do have, I think, are so fucked up that nobody wants to acknowledge them. Yeah, so. I, I find that's a big struggle for me, too, mm -hmm. is that every time I talk to my mom about how she met my dad, she changes the narrative. So, like, the most recent narrative is she met him on the street. I'm like, what does that mean, you met him on the street? She's like, I don't know. I think I met him on the street. I'm like, does that mean you were a hooker? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is the story there? And one of the things I found really striking in the film is that these – I guess it's almost the most unbelievable part is like these Asian moms actually telling their kids that they drowned a baby. Well, do the kids know? I mean, I think well, that's a really good question, right? Because like, 
we see, like, we get what the mom's narratives are, but do the girls know them? Well, June definitely knows about the babies under the yes, tree. she knows but, that. Yeah, I don't know if, if Lena knows that about her mom, Ying Ying. And I yeah. feel like maybe the person that I'm living with, if they're drowning a baby, I feel like I might want to have that information. Because <laughs> when I have kids, I might be like, you know what, Grandma? You're not going to watch this kid. <laughs> uh, uh, you're a documented killer? You've... Right. Infanticide is clearly non-documented. They let her come to America. Right. Well, she never got. She never got caught. That that whole the baby thing was really weird. Yeah. Nobody like it. Just it happens, and like it doesn't really. Nobody talks about it. Well, you know, you know, it's there. It's always sort of you know in the background, but that's. A dead baby in the background? Yes. Like, yes. It's a big deal. And I, and I, you know, I don't necessarily think that my mom probably did anything like that, but I have a lot of questions for my I mother. Not. <laughs> <If> she, <laughs> which, holy shit. Which is like, and when I watched this film, I think that was one of the things that I kept, I was like the first time I ever really got to see a depiction of like this relationship where there's this family, like this person who raises you, this person who takes care of you, this person who's like their whole lives are supposed to be about you. And they have a whole life outside of you. And that was, as a, as a young person, I was like, oh my God, that makes sense. I bet you my mom was a hooker laying, like hanging out in the street. And that's how she met my dad. I mean, I don't understand why the secrets are there. And I wonder for you, Dennis, do you want to know? Or do you think it's like just better to keep it in the closet? Well, okay, I'm 40. And so if there are any revelations, I think they would destroy me. Just because like, <laughs> I mean... You know, I know my parents one way. Like that's all. That's the only way I know them. So if there was anything back there, like if my my dad had a secret baby or something somewhere along the line, like holy shit! Like <laughs> I mean, that would be hard for anybody. But you know, these, there's so many layers to this of just being blocked. You just don't know anything about your family. So you know, um, that yeah, this like I'm pretty sure I wouldn't want to know. Well, wow, that's that's. I would want to know everything. Yeah, I, I mean, know. like that. I think that's the instinctual thing, and you know, to want to know. But my, I don't need my world rocked any more than it is every day. So it's like, You're like just get through at this point. Yeah, I'm like I, I just need to get through to the end of the day. Adrian, do you, does your family have a lot of secrets? I don't think so, to be honest. Like, I don't think they're that interesting. Like, all their messiness is sort of just like there. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, you have an interesting story in that your mother was married to your dad for a long time and then she became a lesbian. That's true. I mean, that seems like a secret she had for a while. <laughs> I guess. But, like, in my conscious life, like, it wasn't a secret. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so. Yeah, I like how you said became. Yeah. <laughs> just like. Yeah. Well, that now she's not anymore. So, I don't know. There's a lot of questions about, like, gender and, like, sexuality that, like, you know, my parents are boomers. And so, like, I think they think about it a lot differently than, like, the Gen Z kids do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I also think that this is a great segue into the idea of, like, understanding your parents. I yeah. feel like that was one of the things, too, that I saw in the film that was, like, there's always like the kind of this like, um, I think again, Lindo and Waverly are the great example where it's like this kind of coldness and then this love Mm -hmm. and that's like pulling and tugging at all times. And part of me as an adult now as a fully formed person who's also raised other people is that I think often about how understanding kind of the hurt and pain behind someone's life helps me be more empathetic to that. Sure. I don't know, like, do you ever think about that? Like what your parents were or who they were or how they became who they are? I, I think about that a lot because, you know, it, I wish I knew because I, then I would know why they treated me the way they did, which wasn't poorly, but it was also very sternly. And I wanted, yeah, I wanted to get that part. Like, but, um, and I didn't know if they had dreams or, you know, if they wanted to be whatever. I feel like they just did what you know, they, my mom's a nurse or she's a retired nurse and my dad was a chemist and I don't know why, you know, all, all, all I know. Probably because he had Asian parents. <laughs> well, I, like, okay. So the nurse thing was just like a guaranteed job. That's what I was told, you know, so you made money no matter what and you did. Okay. You know, my dad, if my dad was a chemist, like he must've been good at it. I don't know if he liked it or like, why the fuck was he a chemist? Like, so I, I don't know. I don't know that sort of thing. And like, you know, then I don't really understand why they wanted to push me one way or the other. You know, they just wanted me to have anything but an English degree. <laughs> They're like, you need to become a doctor. Yeah, I got a lot of the medical school stuff. 
So once I, once they realized I wasn't going that way, my dad was like engineering. <laughs> you need to be an engineer. <laughs> so I went, I started in school aiming to become an engineer and then I veered wildly off course and then, and then I, I started writing and I liked that a lot better. Do you, do you think that your parents had, I mean, was your mom ever like, I wish I could have become a singer? No. <laughs> <laughs> I like, they're so uncreative. Like they just have no, that, that kind of stuff brings them no joy. But I think the reason why they don't have any joy is because they never got to exercise like having joy because <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. it's all it's all just been like bullshit. Like when they were growing up, it's just hardship, 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 hardship. And they're like drilling this into you, you know, when you're growing up and trying to trying to make you avoid the hardship, which is why they want you to be a rich doctor and stuff. But they don't they never expressed that you could be happy to. Um, they just wanted you to be miserable to make a lot of money. <laughs> but not worry about anything and still like if you were miserable, just repress that shit. Cause mm-hmm. like, you know, like it doesn't matter. You have money, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Well, well I, money provides like a certain level of safety. Yeah. Now, yeah. well now I know that, but yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I would also say that I love that your parents even paid attention to you because Adrian and I always talk about, that's why we're here at this podcast. It's like, we're always we, as children, both of us were very much ignored. Yeah. We were watching movies. We we're like, this is how life is. Right. We we're like, this is the joy luck hope is really my, my history. That's yeah. like the well, family that I grew do you up with. Think, speaking of like when you saw this movie that perhaps this movie like sparked some of these ideas in your head that your mom might be a hooker because (laughs) I'm being really honest because like this movie is really like these mothers back in China have had wild stories you know that they came here and did not share with their daughters I mean absolutely I think that that is definitely um, something that my mother you know to to your point Dennis is like I can't get an answer Mm -hmm. she's not like there's not a reason to have a conversation with me Mm -hmm. you know we don't have conversations about my mom's not like looking for joy she's not looking to connect I am a child that maybe she wanted to drown in a bathtub I don't know (laughs) leave under a tree but like she doesn't want to have those conversations with me because it's not in her interest to in any way connect yeah which I find hard but because I'm the person who's the American who has been influenced by American culture and white people such as yourself. (laughs) Feels like an attack. (laughs) I have a deep desire to want to connect with my mother. Yes. And to know what she is and who she is. So the, the mentality there is that it, it doesn't matter. That's not important to them. Like why it's literally like, why talk about it? There's no, to them, there's no value to it, but there is value like as Americans, because we learn, we learn emotionally that they are kind of like we're inheriting that feeling the you know whatever happened to them but they just there's no explanation as to why they're treating you like shit yeah why why, why they love you a certain yes. way you know so well and i can tell you is, i have information about why my parents taught treated me like shit and it has sparked me i think to be like overly compassionate towards them overly like codependent to their feelings and to their needs and like well they've done the best that they can with the resources that they had and like their family was this and the way they grew up and I don't know. I'm just saying, like, even when you know, like, sometimes it's not great <laughs> because it's like I found myself doing things that now I'm like, this doesn't serve me yeah, at sure. all to, like, have been, like, so accepting of how they are to me because I've, like, had ways to, like, explain it away. Yeah. And I think that there's also I mean, I want to talk about this is like discipline. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I oh, keep going boy. back to this whole thing with Lindo yeah. and Waverly because I know this feeling. I okay, so at uh, one point in my life, I may have been a little Winona writer and gone shoplifting. What? Yeah. I've known you for a long time. I, know. I don't, you like, never so thought <laughs> with this like very innocent looking face. And so I, I shoplifted and um, the time that I got caught, because I had been doing it for a while, the time that I got caught, I was with my mom at the PX at Fort Lee Military Base. What up, Fort Lee? Um, <laughs> So when I was there, uh, I actually, the thing that I stole, and I had stolen like CDs, perfumes, jackets, like I had taken lots of stuff this one day. And this is like such a sad story. I um, decided to take a scientific calculator because they were like at the time. Oh yeah, those things were really expensive. They were very expensive. And my mother was a waitress. And that day we had went shopping for her because she wanted to get some um, pants to, to work in. And she picked out two pairs of pants. She pulled out her cash, counts her cash, put 
puts the second pair back. And I was like, I can't ask my mom to buy me the scientific calculator that's so expensive. Yeah, those things were really expensive. Yeah. Like- so I slip into my pocket, and then the next thing I hear is, um, ma'am, can you empty your pockets? And I was oh. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, and those things were like a brick. Like, we were yeah. shoving, don't they, don't like, they come like, in like a box? Get it down yeah. there. No, well, this was like in a plastic and cardboard box. Anyways, so I was like, uh, no, and they're like, where's your mom? And they pull me back, and then like I'm in the security room, and I hear... Mrs. Kim, Mrs. Kim, can you please report to security? And the whole time from like the bottom of my feet to the top of my head, I'm just like on fire yeah. because I knew when I got home, this was going to go down. Yeah, like she was going to lose yeah. her shit. Yeah. She did. But then she did a thing that I did not expect. Instead of like yelling at me and screaming at me and like beating the shit out of me, which is what I would choose to do. <laughs> um, and I would have rather her hit me, actually. She didn't talk to me for a whole month. Oh, yeah. That's that's the, the Korean cold shoulder is the worst. <laughs> that sounds like a cocktail we should make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's full of nothing. <laughs> But it's it's effective. Unfortunately, what that does is that like that buries you. And yeah. The, and so you even if you ask basic questions like you know, yeah, you know, they'll be like, "Here's your dinner." <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, and my, what my mom would do is she gave me lunch money every week, so she wouldn't talk to me. But every Monday there would be like ten dollars sitting on the dining room table, and it made me feel so broken. And so I think this is why I'm so into Lindo and Waverly as like a, a pair because. That moment when Lin- Waverly like finally comes home after she's had her little fit and Linda's just eating her crab with her chopsticks very slowly and Waverly's trying to talk to her mom and her mom's like, I'm just going to ignore you. And I just folded right in. Oh, yeah, because you know that. You know what that feels like. And that it, that part, I remember feeling wa- while watching this movie that I haven't seen since <laughs> I was a teenager probably like, that's that's fucked up, you know. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, like weird. It's weird that you know that feeling. It's the same feeling. We mm-hmm. share that feeling, you yeah. know, when we watch that movie. So, um, but can we can we go back and um, discuss? I've never met anybody named Waverly. <laughs> <laughs> It is, yes, it is like the whitest, most East Coast name. That's it's, a sick name, like in a good way, like yeah, holy shit. No, where, it's like a boarding school name. Yeah, yes. where the where do you get that name? Yeah, it was like, where did what's you get up Waverly? with Lindo? Like, where'd she get, the, I totally agree. She yeah. was like, I'm shooting for the stars. Yeah, We're going, that was like, awesome. I was like, Waverly, that's that's amazing. I got named Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> I got named Elizabeth, and my mom shortened it to Lisa, and she can't pronounce an L, so she calls me Risa. Yeah. So, <laughs> Do you know why your name is Elizabeth? Yeah, that's a really sad story. So my dad, who abandoned us. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. This is Let's hear it. We've started sad. it now. He had, I mean, this is a full Joy, Joy Luck Club moment, except, like, we'll call it the Bronx Luck Club. So... My dad was growing up in the Bronx. He had two twin sisters. He had several siblings, but these particular twins are relevant to the story. I'm rambling. So the twins were um, being babysat by one of my aunts, and one of them was named Elizabeth, and she was about five years old. She's playing on this fire hy- uh, the fire escape, as you do in oh, New York no. in the 70s or 60s or whatever years. Yeah. And um, she fell off and died. And no one wanted to tell my grandma, which I was like, I think my grandma, she had a lot of kids, right? My Talk abuela, about secrets. Right? I was like, my abuela had like seven or eight kids. And I think like, I think she might even notice one missing. <laughs> like, They're like, we have this twin and she can just impersonate the other twin. <laughs> well, at least it, at least it didn't end up in a bathtub in China. So it's like, this is, this, this is. You know, that's yeah, terrible. that was, it was sorry, an accident like, versus that. Yeah. So that's why I was named Elizabeth. My dad, I mean, this my dad is interesting, though, like that story and the stories of all the aunties, like talking about like generational trauma, you know, like where it comes from and like how it gets to you. By the time it gets to you, it's all twisted and fucked up. Yeah. And I think that like when you you don't realize that you're even carrying it. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a whole studies about like how you carry trauma in your DNA. Yeah. And I think that that's like a very interesting thing because I I also like, you know, I have two daughters or I have two children. And um, the they're very different, mm-hmm. and I, I I think about it a lot because like one of them, my second one was probably in the the height of the misery that I was in, yeah, in my marriage, and that one is the biggest pain in my ass between the two of yeah. them. But that one also carries a lot of darkness from the moment that I think I was pregnant, yeah, you know. Um, and I, of course, I adore I adore that kid, but like I also am like, 
so surprised to see the differences in the children. Mm-hmm. And none of these women had any siblings. They only seem to have one kid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because we can't, we have no time for any more siblings. <laughs> we could barely get all these people in. And we have no time for men either, which in that respect, I appreciate. I mean, let's talk about men. Yeah. So first of all, I mean, they made it very clear that the boys matter. Do you, do you, you're, you're just, you're, you're a son. Yes, and then, I'm the only son in, in my family. And you have one sister. I have one sister. Right. Do they like you better just because they, of the son They situation? treated me better when we were growing up. Now the, the table or what is it? The tides have turned. Mm-hmm. They they love her more in a way because she's got. I was gonna say, did, she, she, did she, she make more traditional she, choices? Yes, is she an engineer? Yes, because she's a she's a pharmacist and yeah. she married a doctor. <laughs> exactly, and um, a Korean doctor. Oh, so wow. she. But the, the you had was, no chance. I, okay, I say that she they they love her more. That that's not necessarily true. They love her differently because uh, that's <laughs> because how you cover did, the pain, Dennis. Well, no, I mean like we're just different. You yeah. know, they love they love us equally, but they they like doubled down on her with all the dumb decisions I made. Mm-hmm. And so they like forced her to do all all the stuff that I didn't um, because they, I think they felt like I I had got gotten out of their control. Yeah. <laughs> but, so the love comes at a price. Yeah. Yeah. So but when you were growing up as the son, you were like the golden. Child. Yeah, I got I got privileged yeah. because of it. Um, and I know better examples. now. I don't know. They were just, it, like, they just, I feel like they were just harder on her. Yeah. You know, if I, if I made a mistake, you know, they just weren't as hard on me about it because, you know, I'm, I'm the son. He's going to be the one, the golden one, no matter yeah. what. But because what, I'm the what son. is the one? I mean, what, it, what is the ex- expectation, especially like nowadays in modern times? What do you think being the son is? Why is that still a thing? I have no idea, but I, <laughs> But I think it's because, you know, I as the son, they expect you to be the breadwinner and to do super well. And because you're the son, you will make more money than all the women you will do. You'll you'll in their eyes, you'll do better. You'll be more prominent, you know, in in social circles, like just just everything you're it, for some reason, there's more value to it. Yeah. Like can, actual mon- monetary value at the same time. Like I can definitely give you an example actually, of these things. So um, my mother, and I'm same thing, a daughter and a son, and uh, my brother is younger than me. And when I turned, before I turned 16, my mom said to me, you're going to be expected to work. My brother didn't have a job until I think he was 18 and didn't have to. And then he goes off to college and she buys him a car. But when I needed a car, I had to work for my car. And um, one of my favorite things was back in the day, Peter Pan boots are really hot. And I wanted a pair of Peter Pan boots. <laughs> I asked my mom for Christmas, can I have this, these boots? And she said I could not have them because we were going to use all of our money to uh, buy my brother a Tandy computer. So my brother gets a Tandy computer and um, I got nothing. That year. Oh. Fast forward to today. I'm dealing with my mom and she's going through she's going through some health issues. And I was at our house recently and she says to me, Oh yeah, when I die, uh, I'm gonna split this house with, with your brother and then like her stepson. And I was like, Oh. And she's like, Yeah. And I was like, Do you think that maybe I should get some of the house? And she's basically like, Well, you know, maybe. And then she hands me a, a Chanel purse and it's like, This is your gift. <laughs> Not the oh house. My God. Not the and house. if anyone is known, that's got to be devastating. Like that's just, oh my lord. So the scene, the scene with um, Su Yan and and June when she takes off her necklace, when she takes off her necklace, and she's like, "This necklace has been my by my heart this whole time," and she's like, "This, I'm going to give this to you, so you're reminded that I see you." It was exactly the Chanel purse moment that I had with my mom I was like she's like this purse is $2,400 and I want you to have it and I'm like I live in Chicago I'm not walking around with a $2,400 purse on the CTA (laughs) except she is and I'm gonna say (laughs) I did take you to Ikea we took that purse to Ikea well yeah better bet (laughs) yeah well in my perspective like from my family like I have a brother and I don't think he was ever favored for being a boy but I will say that my parents would be like we're super liberal like you know but like 
the expectations of what he is supposed to do for them and what I'm supposed to do with them are drastically different. He doesn't have to call them. He doesn't have to visit them. Like, but they want me to be like doting on them at all times. Like, yeah, some and sort they're of not daughter. even interested. They're not even interested in visiting them ever. No. They're always at your house. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you're always expected to cook mm-hmm. and clean up after them. Yes. And make sure that they get on their doctor's while, appointments. While they critique my kitchenware. Which, by the way, <laughs> you've been to my house. I, It's not like I'm a thoughtless person. I have <laughs> lovely dishes. Do I not? Yes, I mean, absolutely. I have all the glasses. But you know, the last time they were all at my house, my mom made a big stink about the fork that I chose to put with the chicken to serve. She's like, this is the fork you're going to use? And I was like, get up. Go get the go get a different fork. You know where the fuck the forks are? I'm still like real pissed about it. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. I, I didn't Your face know. is turning red. It happens know. a lot with white people. <laughs> They get mad. It's the only way you can tell. People have opinion on forks. My parents do. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I'm surprised your parents don't. Well, we use chopsticks. They all look oh, the okay. same. There you go. There you go. Well, some of them have pictures on it. Some fair. of them, but then, some of them are, are are metal. Some of them are wooden. That's true. But you know what? Two of them go together, so you can match them. Right. So it's yes. really Easy it's really peasy. hard to fuck that up if you yeah. uh, if you have two. Two different chopsticks and you're giving them to your parents? I think you have a different issue. Yeah. I would, I would also say growing up in a, among a lot of Korean mixed families, uh, Korean people do not care at all about their 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 fashions. Or like, they're like, I'm going to wear these striped pants with these polka dot socks and these slippers. Like they're Well, never- the older generation. I mean, like, But now they want like modern Korean society. Yeah. Want, you have to wear like like name brand stuff but like high end stuff saying, otherwise you're you nothing have, the yeah. Chanel purse I mean you where are did it nothing come from? unless you have you, a name brand thing it's you, really weird but they buy it all at Marshalls well here <laughs> Michael Kors at, right. a lot of Michael Kors yeah, at Marshalls a lot of Fila yeah. you know, like, hey I've got some of this stuff too. <laughs> yeah a lot of Gucci that's like but off what, brand what is the story with the Chanel purse would she even tell you why she has it she just told me she went with her friend her friend wanted to buy a Chanel purse and I was like, your friend, who's also Korean, I was like, your friend is a business owner who like drives around in a BMW sports car. Yeah. Your friend goes to work every day. Your friend wants to buy a Chanel purse. She should buy a Chanel purse. I'm like, mom, you don't even like leave your house except for Sundays at church when you go to church. Like, you, know you don't need a Chanel purse. I am going to post a photo of Elizabeth with the Chanel purse at some point on our social media. But just to give people like a visual, it's a like a legally blonde Chanel purse. <laughs> it's quilted. And it has like chains, but like not rock star chains. It's like the shit. It's legally blonde. <laughs> it's so awful. It's so awful. Um, speaking of chopsticks and forks and Chanel purses, I mean that's your inheritance. I don't know. fucking don't dismiss it like that. Yeah, you better take care of that thing. You're like, oh my god. I was like, you should put this shit on eBay. Get the twenty five hundred dollars. That's all you're well, getting. She said that her friend was like offered her fifteen hundred dollars for it, and she was like, I'm refusing because I want to give it to my daughter. And I was like, uh. No, I want the fifteen hundred dollars. Yes. Like, give it up and, and sell it to your friends. A friend, quarter of this house, a third of this house. <laughs> what a nightmare! I, I can't believe she wouldn't like consider giving you any of the house. I don't know. I, this again, is like I don't. I don't understand that. It's super old school Korean. Like men matter more than women. My, my, my parents don't do that. For yeah. the record, like they're they're pretty awesome. I'm, you know, I'm really lucky in the fact that like they just for the most part. I, I didn't get emotionally abused. I just got a wall every time I did something, <laughs> which is its own thing you have to navigate yes. as you grow up. But yeah. like when it comes down to it, like, and I see everybody else's stories or I hear them, mine, yeah. mine are non-existent. So I feel really well adjusted and very like very lucky, but that's amazing. Like, you know, they, I feel good. My mom, one time I brought my husband who is a white dude who she's not related to in any way, really, except marriage. And I brought him home and she served my stepdad, who's Korean, and my husband a soup, a goat soup. And I was like, Amma, can I have some of that goat soup? And she literally looked at me and was like, no. Why? Because it is for men. <laughs> See, that doesn't, yeah, that never and happened. I, that kind I, of stuff never well, happened. Well, I was like, why? I was like, I could still eat it. And she's like, no, it's a man's soup. And then she like walked away and then she came back because she felt bad and she pulled out a teacup, <laughs> gave me one piece of meat and a ladle of soup. 
She's like, you can taste it. Yeah. And man so then, soup. Yes. And then I'm like, Goats this is why I have soup. fucking issues. <laughs> this is why I'm so against men all the time. And I cannot have a, like a healthy relationship. I like want to just look at men. I think men are great in some ways. Like I need them to like take care of things, but they don't ever take care of anything, which is the thing that I've learned as an adult. And I don't understand like, oh my God, now I'm going to start raging out. <laughs> I got to calm down. Let's talk about blood soup. <laughs> This blood arm soup. Were you moved by it? I thought it was one of the most like screwed up parts of the movie. I mean, you know, blood, blood, bloodborne pathogens are a thing. I you think, <laughs> especially from your hooker daughter, right? Yeah, your slutty it, daughter. She's not a hooker. She's a concubine. She's so, a fourth sorry, wife. Right? So I, the cup was empty when she did it. I think they put a lot of blood in there. Oliver Stone was like, <laughs> is this? <laughs> Is this really a soup or just straight up blood? And was it cooked? It was unclear. It was unclear. <laughs> it was but the mother, but the dying mother lifted her head to get it. I think this stuff was straight from the tap. Like yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think it was cooked. I think yeah. it was. This isn't even soup at that point. This is human milkshake. Like this is like <laughs> human milk. It's just a blood bowl. Yeah. It's, so I mean, and like, they didn't even eat rice on the side. Yeah. It's like what is this? Yeah. Like what? Take this like a shot or something like that. I. Calling it soup probably isn't even accurate, but like, I also have never heard of this. You know, I'm not Chinese. Like, even I don't know. Even back then, you would think this isn't really a good idea. <laughs> it would be one thing if we tasted delicious, but I mean, I've had nosebleeds before. Like, <laughs> very metallic. Yeah. It's yeah. like plot twist: yeah. the grandma who rises up from the dead as a soulless being. <laughs> yeah, and the, so they didn't show her. Like, you'd know she died. Right. That. That blood didn't help. No. <laughs> I think it was a symbol. It, well, th- clearly, but it was still like, like there's no benefit <laughs> doing this in any any form. I will say the one thing that I find very striking about the, I keep saying striking. One of the things that I really related to in the film was how much they ate. They're like always eating everything. Like it opens up where they're eating. They're always eating it at like the flashbacks, even with um. With a with a mom who gives her her daughter away uh, to the matchmaker, there's a whole scene there with like them in the rice bowls, and it's it's not something I see that much in American movies, right? And maybe yeah, it's because sure. American movies, well, I'm Italians, yeah, or like um, you you know, the holidays. There's always like Thanksgiving, yeah. you know, but otherwise, I don't think white people eat. And so <laughs> well, you're right about the Italian thing because we're watching The Sopranos and yeah, like when they're not talking, they're just eating. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I. I really did feel that that was one thing that I also very much did relate with my mom with is that we would always eat at a table together or she would kind of put out this big spread, obviously in Korean food, we're dealing with panchan and then the rice and then the soups. And then, so it's always like a big spread. Um, and I want to know for you, like, what did you think about that? And like, we, did you get hungry? I did get hungry. <laughs> But I, you know, I didn't, hadn't really paid that much attention to it. And that's funny because like, this is what I'm used to. Yes. That's the life I grew up with. So for me, that's not an unusual looking thing. You know, we didn't necessarily bond over every meal or whatever, you know, like they show in movies where food is the crux in every scene, you know, but, um, but that felt normal to me just watching it. And I'm like, why isn't food part of more movies, you know, where people just sit and talk over the food. Yeah, I don't think that we talked during those meals, but it was like the one time where I really felt like my mother cared for me, you know, and even now, like when I come home, she, that's what she does. She like makes food for me. When You're, she lets you have some. <laughs> I, I'm assuming not, goat soup is yeah. never on the menu. It's, it's never on the menu. But like in your case, Adrian, it's like your your parents aren't doing that for you. They don't like put out a big spread for you. You're the one in charge of doing it. Oh, God. And then they just critique it all the time. I mean, like my parents, when I was growing up, they used to entertain a lot because my mom was an alcoholic and she wanted to drink. So like she would start drinking and like cooking these like lavish meals. And my dad, who is like very stereotypically like gay, 
<laughs> Her dad does religious cross stitches. I mean, not anymore, but he did. But he would lay out like these like ornate tablecloths of like deep purple paisley and then like get out the like special china and the special crystal and the special sterling like silverware. And my mom would be drinking sherry and like, you know, making some French food. And at this point, me and my brother, we would have been banished to the upstairs. We were like not allowed. Like literally my aunt said to me recently that she brought a friend from Chicago to Rockford to see my parents for the weekend. And when they left, the friend said to her, she was like, wait, they have children? Because they did not see us the entire time because we were banished. Like we were not allowed to come down. So they would just get like fucking hammered and have these fancy meals. And then like my mom would play songs on the piano and they would sing show tunes. Did she play piano with crab claws? No. She like she she was a good piano player. And I bet, you know, these were like fun times, you know. But so like now, none of them want to do that. Though my dad is like always very critical when he comes to my house that I'm not laying a table. You know, that I'm like, bitch, I do not want like when I moved, <laughs> I like gave my wedding china to the fucking value village. It was expensive, nice Vera Wang shit. And I was like, I don't want to store it. I don't want to use it. I don't fucking care. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, yeah. I don't want it. I was like, but every time they come to my house, they critique the fact that I haven't like laid a table and done all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I think to your point is like here, or even to mine, is like, here's a way that I'm showing you that I care for you. And now all you're doing is spitting it back in my yes, face. Yes, they're just like. Because parents are fucking awful. Yeah, my dad's like, why have you not put out some <laughs> brass candlesticks and like lit them for me? I'm like, then don't come here. Yeah. Like, do it at your own house. I have to say the way you grew up, like, you could have said anything. If you said that in an alien language, <laughs> like, that would have made just as much sense to me. Because I cannot relate to a single thing you said about it. <laughs> Nothing. Not one Literally, thing. Literally, no one can. And, like, when I was growing up, I was like, these people are aliens. Like, none of this is right. Like, everything I mean, they is may have so... come straight from outer space. Yes. Like, that just, they, they read about what people look like yes. and do and just... I'm like, telling you, my stitches and eating bozy. My dad had the dining room wallpapered in this purple paisley wallpaper. It was very dark. And then he had this Queen Anne table with like Queen Anne chairs that he needle pointed the like paisley like seats, right? <laughs> and then there was like a crystal chandelier. This is in Rockford, Illinois. Again, the this does, armpit, like these words together don't make any yeah, sense. It was to me. like the armpit of America, you know? And like recently, we drove past the house. So like because my dad wanted to like, you know, have like a nostalgic moment. And the people who live there now were like somebody was like outside the guy like doing some yard work. My dad pulls the car over and I'm just like, God damn it. Oh, no. You know, and he's like, is the wallpaper still there? Like that's what he wanted to know because he was so, oh, oh because also there were matching drapes so this was the darkest room in the entire world I mean like, it was well, just did like, he identify himself as the prior yes, owner okay yes, and he was like do you have the drapes and do you have the wallpaper we're talking like he had moved out like twenty years ago oh my but God. it was so important to him this like. Look, I mean, I'm telling you, they, I felt when I was growing up that they, my dad thought he was like some sort of British, like, lord. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's what I was supposed to be. And I was like, what is happening? Rockford, Can I be a Illinois. fucking cheerleader? Like, it was a Lord Rockford. I think if anyone, the Earl of Rockford. If anyone can take anything from this, it's just like it all sucks. Like everybody, no matter how you grow up. I mean, that's what I took from the movie. I was like, being a mother sucks. Being a daughter sucks. Yes. Like, I mean, I think that's the whole thing. It's like the the film for me. It was overall. Um, I mean, we might as well just wrap it up now. But like overall, the thing that I came away from it was that there's definitely two sides to every story. Some stories involve giving away your children and some stories involve being married to really shitty white dudes yeah. who will pour soy sauce all over your mom's food. Well, that was oh, like, I do, do want to talk about that for a moment because okay, when she brings that out, they the daughter says like the whole th shtick is, is that she says, this is the worst. What Do you remember what the dish was? Crabs. Was, no, I don't I think, think it was, it was crab. I think it was poached fish or something. Yeah, but oh, really? she was like, this is the worst I've ever made. And everyone knows this is her special dish. It's the best thing that she makes. But she comes out with this perversity to be like, oh, no, no, no. It's not worthy of any of you. It's the worst thing I've ever done. And I was like, these fucking parents. You know, <laughs> you know that's what they do. Yeah, that's I was like, like that, it is. It's perverse. And I was like, you know, these daughters, too. I mean, the common theme among the daughters is that they're not good enough, that right. they don't feel the good time. enough, that the mothers are always disappointed in them. 
I will add something about the white guy. Yes, please do. I felt sort of terrible for him because when, so my fiance is white. Um, you explain, you give a primer about all the food and all the etiquette. And how to behave. And how to behave, <laughs> what to do, how to use chopsticks, answer all the questions. They must not have had that conversation. Well, she, well, she said, said she, she does. does. Yeah. Did they really? Because like, yeah. he he appeared to not retain one single thing. No, no she, she's, she says before the dinner, she had prepped him and got him yeah. ready. And then during the dinner, she was when they start to drink, she was like, but I forgot to tell him these things. Yes. Yeah, but he didn't, didn't tell him. Apparently, he didn't retain a, a no. single thing. Oh, my well, God. Well, he just acted like an oaf. So for we left the part out that the, the mother brings out the fish. She's like, this is the worst I've ever done, waiting for everyone to compliment it. He tastes it. And he's like, it just needs soy sauce. And he dumps a gallon of soy a sauce. That's the whitest thing. It's so awful. Yes. And then he yes. like drops a shrimp on his tie. Yes. I mean, like I'm a white person and I'm like watching this and I'm like, man, even I would know how to yeah, keep my shit together right, over at Dennis's house. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Done that. Like, I don't know. This guy was just a fucking idiot. It yeah. was hilarious yeah. to me. I just thought it was really funny. Yeah. Like, well, I, you don't dump ketchup on like a whole no, plate of hot dogs or no. whatever. Like, Well, maybe. maybe. We are white people. <laughs> but like a collective plate where everybody's reaching into. Nobody just does that. Yeah. Like it's to me, that was really funny yeah because yeah. I was so dumb it was like you know yeah. not even real I was so horrified because I was like oh my god not only are you bringing this white dude into your house he's like the worst white dude yeah. next to Andrew McCarthy oh. um you know like I was like this is not gonna win your mom's approval on any level which I guess is the point really Though I will say this movie doesn't really touch that stuff that much like it doesn't spend a lot of time I mean there's so much packed in so what yeah. can we ask no, for it's right. really dense. but it doesn't spend a lot of time being like do we like white people do we not like white people are we upset that you're marrying a white person because yeah. two of the daughters are married to white dudes and like that they, is true. there's not a lot about that but I do want to ask you both an existential question do you think that regardless of race regardless of how you grow up that no matter what you just always feel that your parents are disappointed in who you are yeah obviously yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know I, and I, yeah, I, I would say I for me yes and I feel like this is where you and I have always we're always struggling mm -hmm. because you and I feel that way like that are, we're constant disappointments to our parents no matter how hard we work for mm -hmm. it it's really hard to raise a child mm -hmm. and find a balance where you're like not always ooing and eyeing over every single fucking stupid thing that they do right while maintaining some kind of um manner of self-esteem for them right and I, I really I mean this this movie is a great example of how how hard that could be because even in the scene where when you're talking about earlier about disappointment or even worth uh, there's a whole scene between one of the moms and the daughters where she's like you know my mom didn't know her worth I didn't really know my worth and now you should also understand that you are worthy and you should have these things you know and the whole film doesn't feel like that at all right, right. the whole film are these people trying to chase after their mother's approval and so it's I don't know. It just crushes my heart in some ways. Yeah. Because I can't figure out what the formula is. I don't understand what game we're playing. I don't right. understand, like, how do we all get on board? Mm -hmm. And um, that just drives me fucking crazy, mm -hmm. you know? Does the book wrap things up better? I haven't read it since I was in high school. Yeah, so see, it's that's hard what for I, me. And I when read high it to you a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, I remember I read I gotta that. I got to say, yes. I'm sure it does. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, the movie can She's only do. She's a great do, writer. Yeah, and the movie can only do so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dennis, I have to ask you, mm -hmm. for your final thoughts, and would you recommend this to your Asian dry cleaner? The movie? Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. Because they wouldn't, they'd be like, why, why, this <laughs> Why would you recommend this to me? Because they're older, you know. There'd be like a younger, a younger, you know, dry cleaner might be interested and be like, "Oh, so this is how this is why my parents treated me like shit." But your dry cleaner is old as shit, probably, and like you know, they're not. And they're like, "Yeah, I left my babies under a tree. Yeah, this is I don't need to watch it. I've already lived it." Yeah, this is all the stuff we haven't told our kids. Why are you making me watch this stuff? Like, this is matter of fact to me. <laughs> Yeah, no way. Adrian? What? Would you recommend this film? Oh, I'm glad you left the Asian dry cleaner part <laughs> I mean, Because I, I was like, that's going to be a really like thing, racist thing you teed up right? to the white person. Um, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about how, I'm not sure if this is factually correct. I meant to Google it. But like, did we have the Joy Luck Club and then we had to wait all the way for Crazy Rich Asians? 
before we had like another uh, cast of like Asian that's about Asian people and Asian families that's that, not about kung fu or like of that prominence probably because I can't th- you know you would think I would be able to think of something really quick yeah but yeah. I don't think that's how I think that's literally I mean that's I was thinking of a hidden hidden tiger but that's right, but that is kung fu right yeah kung fu yeah it's interesting because the the uh, the guy who directed this film um, he also tried to pitch actually. Because once some film came out, yeah. it, it like made everyone was like right. crazy about right. it, and um, he was saying like that he kept trying to pitch all these Asian mm-hmm. stories um, to Hollywood, and Hollywood mm-hmm. was like, "We've let enough Asians in," yeah. <laughs> so they basically like closed all the doors. And one of his ideas actually was, which I thought would have been great, is a remake of uh, West Ta- West Side Story. But in Chinatown. Yeah. That would be and amazing. I was like, that would be so cool. Yes. So, I mean, in that sense, if this is like one of the only Asian family movies, yes, everyone should watch it. <laughs> you yeah. know? And I, it does show dynamic, I think, correctly. Yeah. It's just the story. The and story I is say, like, this stuff not that, everybody's story. This, I don't think that happened to my family. So, yeah. And the stuff that's happening at the party, to be honest, like you could pull that out and do like your own. Like, there, it gave me like Woody Allen vibes, you know, like Hannah and her sisters, like, and Woody Allen, obviously terrible, but just talking like as a person, but just talking about like there, he does a great job of these like big scenes of like people, families together, like what's happening. Like I would have loved to stay at the party. The party yeah. was awesome, you know. You and know like that was a good party. Yeah, and like what they're doing at the mahjong, and like what's all happening here. Like there was a lot of interesting stuff happening there. I mean, so yes, everyone should watch this movie. I would probably say you should read the book. Like you know what I mean. If you want yeah. the cheat sheet, great. But like. The book is amazing. I remember it being amazing. Yeah, I would agree. I, I definitely would recommend the film. I was worried that it wouldn't stand up. And I think there are some scenes where like some of the dialogue at the party to me was mm-hmm. very dated. Yeah. It felt very dated. Right. You're yeah. laughing. I'm laughing because you guys gave me a dry cleaners option. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get to recommend it to the not, rest of them. Not you guys. <laughs> Elizabeth gave you. Yeah, okay, okay. You know, I always like an opening for a good joke. Dennis, please. <laughs> well, no, I recommend I recommend you guys watch it. I Like it's. It's it's it was a good movie. Yeah, it was like well made, and you know it did capture the Asian American experience in the ni- like a nineteen nineties sort yeah. of way. Right. <laughs> right, like it feels dated, but it doesn't feel like a, a movie that like really is wrong. So like last no. week we did Heather's, and Heather's feels weird about school violence after Columbine. Yeah, yeah. and I don't feel like Joy Luck Club feel is that way like yeah. there's not really anything that stands out that is like Ooh, that's no kind of no touchy. and when i first saw oliver stone's <laughs> just, the, just the killing of the baby <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> it's like a little touchy but you know it was in china no worries <laughs> when i first saw oliver stone's name on the screen i got pissed i for some reason that made me angry because i was just like all right well this is the this the ship is being steered by some white mm, guy yeah, yeah. But it did. I didn't feel any of that. Yeah, and he's only a producer. Won. He's he's not the director. I think the director yeah. was. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah. you know, you just don't you don't know if these top top guys like yeah, have yeah. you know some direction of where some of this stuff goes. Mm-hmm. Well, there's definitely a lot of Oliver Stone in it, like that dramatic flute music, yeah. the big like um, landscapey scenes when they go back to their home countries. Yeah. Like that's definitely uh, Oliver Stone's take on it. You can tell you can tell that so far as big Hollywood. Yeah, but it yeah I. It, it ended up being fine. Like I didn't feel like it was just trying to make, make it seem like palatable to white people. Only. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what was your, what was your favorite scene by the way? I didn't even ask you that earlier. I, I don't know. I think my favorite, I don't know if I had a favorite scene, but the fact that they glossed over the life magazine thing was really <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> Waverly is on the cover of life magazine. <laughs> Which is a huge deal. We have no idea how that happened. Yeah. And she was called the Chinese terror or something yeah. like that on it. She's this little girl yeah. playing chess and they call her the Chinese terror. Yeah. It's something about how she was going to take take down Bobby Fisher. Bobby Fisher. Yeah. I was going to say Bobby Floyd, but I watched too much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's no explanation. Like you'd think there would have been a photo shoot or something. And if... If I was on, even as a kid, the cover of Life magazine, I would have that stuff. I would have two of them. Yeah. And I'd be <laughs> running around. Hand. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, like that was probably the, my favorite fact from the yeah. movie was yeah. that that was not even 
explained or anything like that. It was just Waverly's a fucking brat. <laughs> yeah. she, well, she's a brat as an adult. I also love how you um you you mentioned the whole glossing over of the the baby dying and um the mom not being like being able to come to America. Yeah. Uh, my my favorite kind of glossing over is when um is it Rose? Rose is married to Andrew McCarthy, right? Yeah. Whatever. So when Rose, when Andrew McCarthy comes back to like kind of deal with their divorce and she starts talking about like in the rain in yeah, the rain she's sitting out in the rain for some reason I like no there doesn't make any sense she's sitting out in the rain she's soaking wet he's soaking wet and then she starts talking in this like whole like spiritual like past tense life and I feel like at that point that wouldn't find me I would like if that was my ex-husband and you know and he starts talking about this power that he had and his ancient life I would be like I don't think we're gonna get back together <laughs> Yeah, that was weird. Listen, none of that made sense. What white man has ever shown up and been like, I want you to have more opinions. I want you to have more personality. Like, I want you to put me second so I can really know who you are. Like, fuck off. All of that was bullshit. And that's Wokefield, everyone. Yes, yes. Dennis, where can people find you? What are you doing? Tell us where they can find you. So I'm a full-time food writer. I write at a site called The Takeout. Um, and what's really remarkable about that is it's a it's a sister site to The Onion. So they let me goof around a bunch. Love it. And I've got a newsletter called Food is Stupid. Um, you can find it on Substack. And that's pretty much it. It's <laughs> been so life. great. We're so glad to have you Thank here. Thank you for having me. Because yeah. this is not talking about food for once. Yeah. It gets to talk about the rest of my life. And it's yeah. And we it's awesome. we rarely have a man. That and you know true. what? You were a great one. <laughs> hey, I feel privileged. I feel like I feel like this is a big deal. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, we we've expressed some of our feelings about men <laughs> on this podcast today. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening to Wokefield. Next week we'll be discussing sixteen candles with returning guest Taylor Mahan, Wokefield bestie and resident lesbian. Okay, and you can follow us on Instagram at Wokefield Pod, and we're going to put up a little survey. We just want to know something very simple. Do you hate your mother, or does she hate you? I think it goes both ways in my family. <laughs> and rate and review us on your favorite podcast app, because we live for the applause. Woo! Woo!